favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. There. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have USA Today bestselling author Lenora Worth on board, who will introduce us to her latest release, The Forgiving Quilt. Hello, Lenora. How are you today? Hello. I'm great. Good to be here. Well, I am so glad that you are here with us today, and we're going to talk about The Forgiving Quilt. I'm sort of excited about it because it's a story that takes place in the fall, and you're launching it in the fall, so what a great way to usher in Thanksgiving. So we are going to talk about your newest release here in a few minutes, but like you know, I love to talk to our authors about their writing career and into or how they got into writing Amish fiction. So are you ready for my questions? I am. All right. Now, as many of you may already realize, Lenora writes both Amish and she writes inspirational romance. You write some contemporary out of all the genres that you write, Lenora, which is the easiest for you to pick up your pen and start writing or pick up your laptop and start writing? (laughs) Well, that's a tough. They're all they're all a challenge, of course, because they all have their um, their own problems and things to figure out. I never, you know, I never dreamed I'd be writing Amish, but I have found that it's one of my favorites. I write some suspense, and the suspense sometimes gets to me, and I have to back away from that every now and then because sometimes it becomes so true to life that you just don't want to be dealing with bad guys and murder and and, um, trying to figure out who did it or who's trying to kill the heroine. So sometimes I have to back away from that and come back to my Amish or my sweet contemporaries. I would say that if I, I haven't really written anything except for Amish, but I have often thought about suspense. But as my husband says, honey, you don't, you don't even like to watch scary movies. (laughs) So how can you write that? So I really admire authors who can write in multiple genres just like you do. So Kudos to you. Kudos to you. So tell us, Lenora, what is your favorite book or story that you have read as an adult? You know, I thought about that, too. It um, There's so many books that I read. I mean, I was a reader all through high school and probably read some books that my mother didn't want me to read. But um, one of the books that always stands out with me is The Grapes of Wrath. You know, Steinbeck was... um an amazing writer, and that one stands out to me because the the family in it, they were so strong, and they were so uh, determined to have a better life, and I can certainly understand that growing up on a farm and, and having years where things went wrong and the crop was not good, and um, so I always have appreciated, had a lot of empathy for the people, the characters in that story. I don't think I've ever read that that book. Is it something? The, it's a new or is it, the Dust Bowl oh, days? Okay. And it's really really good. Hmm. I will have to look that up. I jotted it down while you were telling me that. You know, yeah. that's one of my favorite things in these interviews is I get to hear what some of my author friends are reading. And you don't, you have no idea how many books I've turned around and gone out and purchased <laughs> from just oh, these yeah. podcasts. So that's really cool. 
This one is a classic. In fact, they they made a movie about it, and the um I can't remember the main character's name now, but he reminded me so much of my daddy. I think that's one Aww. reason I like it too. So, oh, I bet you do. So, Lenora, tell us how long it takes you to actually write a book from start to finish. Well, that depends if it's a shorter um, love inspired, which they're about fifty five thousand words. A good three months, I probably would like to have more, but we turn those around pretty fast. And then with the longer books, it's six months, five to six months. So, you know, we I have to consider this is commercial fiction. You don't have 10 years to, you know, to be tormented over it. So just get it done. So <laughs> Exactly. So, exactly. Um, I've kind of, because I've been writing for 30 years pretty steadily, I've learned, um, how I can, how I've learned the patterns of how to write a little book, a shorter book, and how to write a longer book. So, and I panic with every one. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not the only one that panics. And before I hit the record button, you and I were talking a little bit about deadlines and how we get through it when life gets in the way. So it was, yeah. I, I enjoyed your insight into that. So why don't you tell us what inspired you to start writing in the first place? I was in the fourth grade. The teacher wanted us to do a writing project. I think I was the only person in there that really, really enjoyed doing it. And I wrote a story similar to Bambi, but I had never actually heard of or seen Bambi. And then so the teacher asked me, did I just copy Bambi? I said, I don't know who Bambi is because <laughs> it was about a little deer. And um it did echo the story of Bambi, but um she told me that I had I was a really good writer. I had potential, and that um, sparked. I went home and told my mother I wanted to be a writer, and she said, okay. <laughs> Took a few years, though. Well, what a wonderful start that you can actually trace it back clear to your to your elementary days. That is wonderful. You know, um, growing up, I can't remember ever have, having the thought that I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a teacher, but never a writer and that didn't come until I was much older. So you have been had that in your blood for a really long time. And that's probably why you're so successful these well, days yeah. because you've been doing it for a long time. I just really knew that's what I wanted to do. I never knew it would actually happen. And, but I was a storyteller. I had like so many nieces and nephews because I had six brothers and sisters. So I would tell them stories all the time. And um, I think that helped me a lot to be a writer. Oh, I bet it did. So how about you tell our listeners what a typical writing day looks like for you? Well, if, if it's a good day, like today we had some issues with the, our internet, but um, if it's a good day, I come in my office and check my email and um, then I'll pull out my work and sometimes I stare out the window and other times I, I go back over the last chapter and Usually around, you know, right after lunch, I get going pretty good. The last few hours of the day, I really can get, pretty much get a chapter done if I apply myself and I have all the the research done and I have an actual plot. So <laughs> that's how it works for me. I just have to come in my office, kind of warm up with email. And, and um, sometimes I'll sit and read, do a, you know, devotional or read a chapter of somebody else's book and then I'll get to work and get it done because I, I have a word count. I try to reach every day and that helps. So 
when I reached my word count, I'm like, okay, I did what I need to do. I can knock off early or I can stay late. That's the best part of working for yourself, isn't it? <laughs> if yes, you get your job is. done, you don't have to sit at that desk and just wait for the clock to tick by. You That's can right. get up and go for a walk and enjoy your lake house or bake That's something right. wonderful. Yeah, I love that. I love that part of being my own <laughs> boss. I really do. Yes, I do too. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit about Lenora with us. And now we get to talk about the forgiving quilt. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and read your back matter just to set the stage, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. This is Lenora Worth's The Forgiving Quilt. Eliza King already has a broken heart, and thanks to a rickety ladder, she now has a broken leg, too. She isn't dealing with either very well. Ever since, a brief romance ended when the boy who'd been courting her tried a little too hard to take things further. Eliza has sought refuge in reading books and tending to her beloved horses. Being incapacitated makes the latter impossible. But her English doctor knows an Amish man looking for just such work. Eliza is shocked to discover that the man is Levi Lapp, the very boy who humiliated her, now all grown up. Levi is embarrassed over his clumsy behavior as a teen. He wants to earn Eliza's forgiveness, even if he can't win back her heart. And once Eliza reluctantly agrees to hire him, she finds herself enjoying the little gifts and encouraging notes Levi leaves for her. Encouraged by her older sister, she begins to fashion a quilt out of each item. Soon, Eliza can see Levi's caring spirit plainly before her and the possibility that he might just be the best thing for her horses and for her. Well, that sounds like a wonderful story. So how about you tell us, Eleonora, what was the inspiration for this particular story? This is a three-book series, and this is the second book. The first one was The Memory Quilt, where um, the first sister, um, Abigail, finds a man washed up on the um, the shores of the lake, and she decides to keep him, but she keeps it a secret from her parents for a while until one of her sisters blurts it out at supper one night, and he becomes a part of the family, even though he's English, but he can't. He had no memory, so that her mother said, make him a memory quilt. Each time he remembers something, put a quilt pattern and and let that maybe that'll help him get his memories back, and it does. So that was how it started. So this is the second sister, Eliza, and she um, has not walked out with many boys since Levi left because she really cared about him. But they had an argument. He did not hurt her in any way physically, but he hurt her feelings. And what she has to realize is that they both had really strong feelings and they didn't, as teenagers, they weren't sure how to deal with them. So that's why they parted. So after she talks to her mother when he returns and she does not want him there, her mother says, well, maybe you need to make a forgiving quilt. And maybe you need to think about forgiving him. He's asked you to forgive him. He says he's not a, a child anymore. He now understands his feelings. So her mother and her sisters encourage her to make this quilt. And then meantime, Jonah, the hero of the first book, who wound up coming back to the Amish community and marrying Abigail, he suggests that he do little deeds, that Levi does little nice things for her 
Eliza, um, she likes to read. He suggests he gives her some books about horses and things that she loves. He also begins to help her with her therapy from her leg being broken. And she resents that at first, but then she really can see that he's changed. So it's a takes a while, but it gradually she realizes he's not the same boy and she's not the same girl. They're adults now, so they should be able to handle this better. And and they do. And then everything's going along great until his mother tells her a secret that she can't reveal. And that's where the black moment comes in. <laughs> Well, I love how you've weaved these this series around quilt blocks. Now, did you have to do a lot of research to I know did. which quilt quilt block you should match with what memory or what what? I gift? did. I, I did a little. I used a little poetic license in that it, most of the quilts I describe are primitives, and the the Amish don't do a lot of primitives. But my mother was a quilter, and I remembered some of what she had done, and. Also, I did uh, a lot of, I, you know, read books about quilts. I looked up images of quilts, and I did find some that uh, Amish on them, what we know, with no face, just Amish figures and um, horses. And uh, the, like the apple orchard plays a lot, a big role in the quilts and apple pies and being with family. In the first quilt, when, when Jonah, who actually was, a, you know, he had another life. He kept seeing people that he thought he knew, and she would draw, she sketch, and then she would make these primitives of those figures. And he saw a little boy in a swing, a rope swing under a tree. So she she put that on the quilt. So I had to fudge a little bit the patterns and the panels um, in each quilt. They helped bring the two main characters together. And so that was, to me, an analogy of how, you know, life, the threads of life are woven together with love and with prayer and sometimes with frustration. That's kind of the theme of all three of these books. That is beautiful. I love how you said that was the thread of life there. That was perfect. So remind us, Lenore, what area of the country does this story take place in? Uh, it's a, a made-up town that I made up um, near Lake Erie, and the way I made it, um, I hope I made it work, It's they, they're near Lake Erie, and they can actually, you know, walk down to the lake, but they're in a cove where there's a little smaller lake, and that they call it Shadow Lake, and that's where this, um, this inn that they run that was left to them by an English family it's huge, like a bed and breakfast. So the whole family is involved in running the inn, especially the three girls, because their parents are getting older. They have these beautiful views of the lake and the cove, and there's a waterfall. And all of those places may play a big part in each story. So the actual setting itself, which is made up, but based on a lot of research I did in that area, the setting lends itself to the whole the whole theme of the story. I enjoyed doing the research on that. That was fun. Well, do you know, I'd forgotten that this, we talked about this on your last time Mm -hmm. you were on the, on the podcast and grew up in that area. Have you ever actually visited the area? No, I really wanted to. And then COVID hit. I didn't get to go. There was a girlfriend's weekend that we planned, I planned to be a part of and that never happened. But 
I have talked to people um, who live there or live near there. I did just a lot of reading, a lot of books, studied the maps and asked people, would this work if I set this here? And, yeah. you know, in fiction, we can pretty much create right. a town of our own. We, we and can. that's what I decided to do because none of the towns who were really there suited how I needed them to be by close to the lake, as close as possible. Well, I will tell you, there is a town called Northeast, and mm-hmm. it's up on Lake Erie, and they have one or two beautiful bed and breakfast inns. Oh, that's good. In, in Northeast. <laughs> so if you ever want to travel there and really look, look at the area, look at the town called Northeast oh, and well, you'll find there. some. It's right on the lake there. They grow a lot of grapes in that mm-hmm. area. You will really enjoy it, but better yet, we I we need to take a trip there so I can show you all around. That, would be that fun. is that is my old stomping ground. That's my old we stomping get, ground. We might get story ideas. If we <laughs> we would. We certainly would. We certainly would. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about the forgiving quilt. And I am honored to have you read a scene from the story. So how about you set the stage a little bit and then go ahead and just tell us a little bit of your story. Okay. Well, what happens is. Eliza has a broken leg. She can't help with the horses. So her doctor, her English doctor, tells her he knows an Amish man who's really, he's a farrier. He's really good with with, um, shoeing horses. And she says, okay, fine, because she's very impatient, which is something she has to learn to control during the book. And so Jonah, her brother-in-law, hires this man. He arrives while she's sitting in the stables wishing she didn't have a broken leg. And she's thinking about, you know, I can't take care of my horses. I can't even go to singings and things, and I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be an old maid. And she remembers the one boy she cared about. She's thinking about him, and then this happens. Hello, Eliza. And just like that, the very man she'd been thinking of was standing there in the open doors of the stables. His silhouette shattered, his shoulders broad now, and his voice deep. But it was a voice she could never forget. Leela lap, she said, from where she sat on a bench with cushions all around her and her broken leg up on a pillow. What are you doing here? Her mind reeled at seeing him again after so many years, years when she tried to forget him completely. I'm your new hired help, he said as he stepped forward, giving her a chance to see his rugged face and that shaggy light brown hair that she'd once wanted to tame. She thought she'd be able to tame him, too. That had not worked out. After they'd broken up, he'd left. But her heart began to beat too fast, reminding her that he was now back in a big way. Just like their brief relationship, this would not work either. Jonah turned from mucking the stall and walked up to him. Hello, Levi? Levi nodded, confirming what she hoped wasn't true. She'd hoped she might be seeing things thanks to her pain medication. Ja, he said, his eyes dancing from her back to Jonah. Levi lap. We talked on the phone. Jonah's smile brightened. You're right on time. Nay, Eliza said, he is in the wrong place, and this is not a good time. Any time with him is not a good time. There is no way I will allow this man to handle or take care of any of my animals. Not now, not ever. She crossed her arms over her chest to protect her heart, then looked at Levi square in the eye, and that is final. Well, Lenora, I am sure your readers are going to enjoy the Shadow Lake series, and this is book two, and there will be three books in this series, Lenora? I just finished the third one. It's the Christmas Quilt. Oh, it's the right. Sister. 
So is is that what you're currently working on, or that's all done and now you're working I, on I something else? I turned it in about a month ago. That one will be out next Christmas. All righty. So what are you working on now, or have you taken a little bit of a break since it's almost I the holidays? It about three or four days, and then I'm working on a, an Amish novella that will be um, with two other Kensington writers, and um, it's a Christmas novella that will be out uh, next year, too, and it's kind of a, I'd say, an epilogue to these three stories, because all three sisters and their husbands and their mother and father all show up in this novella, so that's fun, and then I'm also I just got a proposal finished for Love Inspired for an Amish book set in Pinecroft, Florida, and it's my first suspense in Pinecroft, so that's going to be, um, I backed myself into a corner with that one, too, and I haven't even written it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I have visited Pinecraft um, a good many times, and I love that area, so um, yes. I bet you'll enjoy writing writing something where it's warm all the time. Oh, yeah, well, I, I finished the first one, and it's a straight, it's not a suspense, it's a romance, and I really had a wonderful time writing that one, so I'm looking forward to getting getting this one going, too, so. Oh, I bet, I bet. Well, thank you so much, and as you know, I love to surprise our authors with some silly questions that mean absolutely nothing, but it sort of gives our listeners an insight to who Lenora worth is really. So are you ready for some of my crazy questions? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Question number one. Would you rather ride a bike for five miles or take a one mile jog? Oh, I do not like jogging. I'll take the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay. As we go into the holidays, I tend to allow myself some guilty pleasures. So mine is an extra cup of coffee and maybe a handful of Hershey Kisses. How about you? What is one of your Christmas or Thanksgiving guilty pleasures? You're going to laugh at me, but I go to Walmart and I buy Patty LaBelle um, sweet potato pie. <laughs> okay. Well, that's perfect. I have it for breakfast for about a week. <laughs> well, pumpkin pie for breakfast. That is wonderful. Well, sweet potato. I do, I do like pumpkin too, but hers are the best sweet potatoes. It's so good. <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of food and speaking of Thanksgiving, can you remember any time in your married life where your husband told you, you don't need to make that again? Lots of times. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think it's Thanksgiving. We have some of our favorites. You know, we lived in Louisiana for a long time, and so I make one that has crawfish and shrimp and um, all sorts of seafood, dressing, stuffing, as you people call it in the, the north. But um, <laughs> it, uh, it's a favorite, and so I always make that one. But there was one time when um, I cooked a turkey that wasn't quite done, and nobody wanted that. We had to microwave it a lot. <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. I, I think early on in my life when I was cooking dinner, I'm sure I had lots of faux pas like that lots and lots <laughs> of times. But Well, Lenora, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week, and I look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the Buggy Talk podcast. Is there anything you would like to say to your readers before we sign off? First of all, thank you for having me. To my readers, I really love you. I appreciate your support and your encouragement, and I hope you enjoy reading this series. Thank you for listening to me. 
And to all of you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of The Forgiving Quilt, look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at tracysamishbooks.com or you can go to buggytalkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape, including my latest release, which is Anna's Amish Fears Revealed, which is book three of the Amish Women of Lawrence County. 